Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Josephowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here. So grab your headphones and let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. Today I am super excited to bring on another special guest for an interview. And I am really excited to bring this person on the podcast today because she is somebody that I was able to connect with through being on her podcast last year. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But the thing that we're going to talk about today is some shit that went down a couple of months ago in the health at every size community. And the reason why some people, myself included, are reconsidering the way in which we recommend certain books, specifically the one called Health at Every Size, and why that is the case. And Jen is here to offer us some alternatives. So Jennifer Radke is host of the podcast Fat Girl Book Club, which is a book club discussion in a podcast format, which is super cool. It is all about body acceptance books. So she herself is a body image coach and also a podcast coach. And she started her own journey of disordered eating at the age of eight, when she used to sneak into the basement deep freezer and eat pre-made cookie dough that her mother had put in there for guests. And after her long and heart-wrenching breakup with diet culture, Jen began to focus on other aspects of fat liberation and helping others get off the diet roller coaster. She now lives in British Columbia, Canada with her incredible accepting dog, Yoda. And now the reason that I wanted to bring Jen onto this podcast specifically Shortly, we're going to get into a little bit of storytelling and I am going to leave some links to some very relevant articles that I highly recommend that you read so that you can form your own opinion about this topic and do what feels authentic for you. At the end of the day, and Jen and I talk about this in the episode, I felt that it was important to have this conversation because after coming to a deeper understanding of what exactly was going on and how I, as a thin white woman, might potentially do better in the future and why I want to reconsider the way that I recommend certain books. Jen is simply a wealth of knowledge because her podcast revolves around reading so many different books. And she's got a bunch of different ideas to share with you. We're just going to dive into a really tough conversation um, that we're doing imperfectly. And my hope is not necessarily to tell you what to do or who you have to cancel or whatever. 
not necessarily my place, but rather from a place of leadership to let you know, these are the things that I'm thinking about. These are the things that I'm considering. This is what I'm looking forward to reading. This is how I am hoping to stand up for my clients and the people that I care about and that I work with who might be in more marginalized positions than myself and to do all of the above imperfectly. So here goes. Let's get into the conversation with Jen. Hey, Jen. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jenna. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to have you. I can think of no better person to talk to about this topic that we're going to talk to uh, talk about today because I don't know anyone to my knowledge who seems to have not only read but also discussed in depth so many books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, there's definitely been a few. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm up to about 70 episodes now on the podcast on Fat Girl Book Club. Uh, not all of those were about a book, but at, uh, the vast majority. So we're talking like 50, maybe 60 were about a book. Yep. I love it. I love it. So you have a very large knowledge base to pull from. Um, what I really want to address with the audience before we get this thing rolling is what we are talking about today, because I have a feeling that some people listening might not even have any idea what we're talking about, depending on how new they are to the concept of health at every size and, or who they follow on the internet. Um, so I would love to talk through a basic rundown of what went down and why I slash we slash some people are reconsidering the way that we recommend books like health at every size and body respect. And then also the fuck it diet. Um, do you want to fill everyone in on what went down? It's, um, it's, it's lengthy and there's lots of people who've kind of done, uh, more extensive kind of breakdowns of what's happened. So, uh, the one I really like is on a podcast called Fierce Fatty by Vinnie Wellsby. Okay. She did an episode uh, around, I don't, in the title somewhere, somewhere was cancel culture. And that's how you can find the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took an hour and a half to break everything down. So it takes a while to kind of really jump into it. So I'm definitely going very surface level here so that people who may not know will understand. So uh, the book health at every size and body respect were both written by Lindo Bacon and body respect also had another author, Lucy Ackermore and Lindo. And this is, I'm not, uh, friends with Lindo. I had never really talked to Lindo. So I have not had any of these experiences, but what I guess has been going on for a very long time, according to a lot of people, once this whole thing kind of blew up, was that Lindo had been making remarks to people within the fat liberation community uh, that were, that were pretty white supremacist. And basically saying that they had a place in fat liberation uh, where they should be centered as opposed to people who are actually in, because Linda has a very, has a lot of thin privilege. Uh, 
as opposed to people who are in fat bodies or people of color. Like she just, they, sorry, Lindo is non-binary. So they just didn't really want to step back, even though they were being asked to and uh, repeatedly. And when people would kind of call them out and say, you know, this perspective that it would be reverse racism if people, um, you know, kind of stepped in front of them to talk about these issues. It just didn't land well. And Mm. finally, somebody, Mikey, uh, and I'm assuming you'll have a link to their Patreon post, recorded what was being said and put the actual transcript out. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't, I think a lot of people would say, well, you know, isn't this like ganging up on someone? Shouldn't there have been something else? And it wasn't quite like that because Linda was called out in private quite a bit by a number of different people to, to maybe kind of have some type of um, a meeting or a discussion or a, this is how you're hurting people in the fat community talk. And they just never really wanted to engage. They kind of stepped away from all of that. So that was kind of the start of everything. (laughs) And then right after that, there was a lot of other people who came forward and said they'd had these same types of transactions and interactions with Lindo. And then we, there was a few other names that were being called out. uh, And ASDA, which is uh, kind of, kind of a big deal in our spaces, in the fat liberation spaces. So I actually wrote down, there are the Association for Size, Diversity and Health. And they came out and said they'd had some interactions with Lindo that were not positive. And yeah, and I guess Lindo has kind of come out and said, I really didn't do anything wrong. And I think you guys are are not being very nice to me. You know, again, I very much recommend people go and read the actual words of these people do not take my word for what is being said because I am very very much distilling this into something that's that right you know like go go read the actual words but that's I guess that's the the gist of it did I miss anything that that you thought was really important when everything was kind of hitting the fan um I'll I'll kind of throw in can I throw in my two cents a little bit and um I will link to all of those relevant articles in the show notes. Um, I think one thing that I'm trying to really, I guess, instill in the people that I work with, because I am, in case anybody doesn't know me, I am a straight sized white woman with every privilege in the world. Um, except for, you know, being a thin white man. Um, (laughs) and, and my clients and the people that I work with and the people that listen to my podcast come from a variety of different backgrounds. And some of them are in larger bodies and, you know, people of color and people who do feel harmed by, by these sorts of things all the time as well. And then some of the people that I work with are thin white women like me who don't understand why this is even, why this is even a big deal or why we even need to care. Um, and we're going to, we're going to get into that a little bit more, but I think, and this is something that it took me a very long time to learn, and I learned this from others and want to pass it on to people that are listening to my podcast, is that it's important not to just gloss over 
the surface of this stuff, when you're trying to learn about concepts like health at every size, um, like intuitive eating, like body acceptance, because it's not just about like, Oh, I gained five pounds and like, love your body and all that. Like it's, it's about more than just that. And I want to encourage people to take that next step with me. And also one thing that I feel is really important, and this is why I'm going to link to these relevant articles. I'm not here to tell anybody who to cancel or who not to cancel or, or what to read, but I, I want to give some alternatives and my perspective because I have, I have wholeheartedly over the years recommended health at every size and then body respect. And we'll also talk about some of the stuff that happened with um, Caroline Duner, the author of the fuck it diet in a little bit, because that's one that I had always very much recommended. And I'm not saying like, like you have to cancel these people and you have to do this, but I feel like a lot of people aren't sure what's going on. And I want people to have the full picture so that they can make their own choices. And when all of this went down, I remember I was at a dance competition with my students for the weekend and I was like completely off social media. Like I was just, I was in dance teacher mode and I got back on and I texted one of my good friends who is, um, who's a health at every size line therapist. And I was like, what is happening and why is everybody making statements like, like what just happened here? Um, and so she filled me in a little bit. She sent me the articles and then I feel like I just needed some time to process. And I sat down and read these articles and I was like, wow, like, like this is really not okay. At least in my mind. And I feel like I owe it to my audience who is looking to me often for leadership. Like, what do we do? Like here, read this. This is what we know. I said this about this person and now I might be mistaken about, you know, who they are and the work they're doing. And so at the end of the day, um, you know, and I was talking to my friend about like the idea of being performative and like, why, why do I even need to feel the need to make a statement like this? Um, you know, which, which I did when, when things went down. And at the end of the day, what it came down to after reading these stories, I'm like, I know that I have clients and that I have listeners who see themselves in these experiences, maybe not in the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. but I want these people to know that I would have their back in, in the same situation and also encourage everybody else that's listening to just kind of take, take a critical look and take a step back and consume all the information rather than just perpetuating the rumor mill before you choose things. That was a really long tangent. What are your thoughts there? I totally, I I agree with you that the time to process is really necessary because uh, I, I'm in the same boat and uh, I, I mean, just for context as well, I, I am a fat white woman, a small fat white woman, uh, cisgendered. So I have a ton of privilege myself. Uh, and when Mikey stepped forward, Mikey is a black fat human living with disabilities. So this is someone in a very marginalized body stepping forward, having to say something about someone who who has a lot of privilege. Uh, and a and lot of power in this community. I remember, 
health at every size was one of the first books I read. And it was like, you know, Lindo Bacon was like, like the thing. Yes. Um, and what I've come to realize, like, while I thought that this person was like the creator of this movement, and that was kind of how I was promoting it, that was not necessarily the case. And I think a lot of people have, I mean, that is one of the biggest things I think that's come out of this is, is that people have been thinking that Lindo was the creator of health at every size. And that that's not true. Um, yeah, that's not true. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I think we're all now a lot more aware of because I used to promote health at every size. I used to promote the fuck it diet. For me, those two books were really important to my journey. So I would talk a lot about them, but, uh, people who are in fat liberation spaces. So not so much the, the idea with health at every size, and I'm sure you've talked about this is the idea that you can have health no matter what size of a body you're in. Fat liberation itself is a movement. They don't always overlap with health at every size. Fat liberationists don't always see health as being any type of a goal that has to be obtained or that anybody should maybe even uh, like if they don't desire to obtain it, then they shouldn't have to. Uh, so there's there was always a bit of a disconnect between health at every size and the fat liberation movement. It was just being so into it the way I was myself too. Uh, I don't think I really put that division up until now. And so some of these things are starting to be brought forward, I think a lot more just because of this whole situation. And so back to the part where you said, where you said that Lindo was not the creator of health at every size. Can you explain to the audience, like who actually created that movement? ASDA has the trademark for health. Okay. So ASDA is the one. And that's why, that's why ASDA stepping forward now and saying, we've had these types of interactions with Lindo. Uh, We never said anything, but we had them and we're not, we, we don't want to perpetuate the harm that's been done with Lindo as well, is such a big deal. Um, my understanding is Lindo actually had to go to ASDA to get permission to call their book Health at Every Size and have it out in the world as Health at Every Size. Okay. Uh, they had the trademark. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, all things, all things that I didn't know that I feel the people should know. Do you want a real quick... Um, because I don't even think I'm as, as clear on what happened, um, with, with Caroline Dooner necessarily all to say that I feel like I just remember, um, I feel like she flew off the rails a little bit. (laughs) Um, and I don't, I don't even remember what was said. I, I just remember there were some cringy things that were said that was like, Oh, well, Carolyn Dooner has been kind of, so I, I, because I, like you have talked about her book quite a bit and it really helped me. Like I, I had, and even like, it's, it's, we're, we're going to get into this, but yeah. I had even recommended it over intuitive eating. Like that yeah. is how much I enjoyed the experience of, of reading and working through Carolyn's book. Yeah. So I followed her podcast and I followed her on Instagram. And all of a sudden I started noticing on her podcast, she started talking about 
how cancel culture isn't real. And it was, for me, it was just like, whoa, but I hadn't been following her stories. And apparently on her stories, she was going off quite a bit about uh, being anti-vax and, and perpetuating some harm there. That was like, oh, I, I didn't know she had these views. And, and then when this whole thing kind of came up, she pretty much said, I'm not into this. I think she called it mob shit and decided that she wasn't going to go either direction. Basically, she was trying to stay neutral. Um, and actually, when when you say stay neutral, that's a tough one, because with the amount of experiences that came out with Lindo, this is one of those situations where there was just too many to ignore. And uh, by saying that they were neutral, she kind of basically said, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with Mikey on this one. So yeah, uh, it's, it's different with Lindo. It's very much within the community uh, Lindo has done harm to people who are in the bodies of voices that we should be putting forward as a group to talk about the issues in fat bodies. Like if we're going to talk about issues in fat bodies, then we should probably have fat bodies talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carolyn Dooner, on the other hand, it's this whole idea of avoiding cancel culture and cancel culture was actually a tool used by black abolitionists. It is something that was used by people of color. And so by saying that it it does kind of, you know, it does kind of get to the point where you're sort of like, oh, and when you add that to the anti-vax stuff and all the stuff she has started to say around um, just really right-wing politics, it's getting to be a little much. And I think that's why a lot of people are, it's a lot harder to talk about the Carolyn Dooner situation than it is to talk about the uh, Lindo situation, in my opinion, because it's, it's, It's not something I'm quite as familiar with. I just know her politics have gone in a direction that a lot of people are not happy with. Yeah. And I think like back to this idea of, of, of like the mob mentality, I could really see when all of this was going down, um, you know, not just her, but like other people in other situations too, like digging their heels in and being like, you're telling me I have to make a statement that feels performative. I don't, I don't want to make a statement just because everyone else is making a statement. And let me just tell you this, generally speaking, I feel that meaning that I don't, I can't say something that doesn't feel authentic to me. I will not make a statement about something just because somebody told me I had to, it, it needs to come from my heart. And I feel like that's something that each person needs. It's a very individual thing. And I think it becomes more of a public thing when you, you know, do have something like a podcast or a book or a very large Instagram following. And people again, are looking to you for, for leadership. And I think at the end of the day, that's, that's where I stand with all of this as we go into this conversation more and want to encourage people to, consume, consume the information, like understand what has happened, take it in, take a minute to process, like don't do something just because we're, you know, me or Jen or anybody else on the internet tells you that you have to, but like do, do what feels true for you. And sometimes that means, you know, sitting, sitting with some difficult shits. 
I think, because at the end of the day, I don't think like, I, I guess I'm not here trying to go out and like bully people and be like, go all mean girls on, on Caroline Dune or, or Lindo Bacon. But I want to be like, Hey, this is what's up. Like, maybe you would also like to consider where you're putting your time and money. Yes, I agree. I agree. And, and I think it's really important that people go back to the primary sources Mm -hmm. and these people's actual words. And, and like I said, there's some transcripts out there, like actual transcripts and emails uh, that you get like the, the primary, primary sources of what's all happening. And I really recommend that you go and look at those because we're doing a really glossy surface here. And there's a lot more to this than, than we can get into. And, you know, the, the, the minutes we have in order to be able to progress in what we want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so I really recommend people go back to those primary sources. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, I've made some decisions about how I'm handling these things. And that could be totally different than your, the way you're going to handle these things, you know, like, I mean, and any of your listeners are going to handle these things like, and that's okay. Right. Like, I I feel like respectful conversation is important. You know, if you can have it, I think it's an important thing to have. And if everybody can kind of go, okay, well, I can see your point of view. I can understand what you're talking about and still have different, like walk away from it going, well, I'm still going to handle this this way. And they're still going to handle it that way. I think that's okay. That's yeah. my thought on it. So what, like, I'm curious, like, what do you even think we should do when incidents like this happen? So it's like, you love a book, you find it immensely helpful. And then the author does something that you don't agree with it. It's like, do you write off the book and the author entirely? Or is this like a case yes. of throwing the baby out with a bathwater? And like, what do we, <laughs> what do we take from this? And I don't even know that there's a right answer, but I'm just curious, like, I agree. What would Jen do? <laughs> no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And actually, this is something I've had. This is, this is a very much a moment of reckoning for me too, because that's exactly how I feel. I got into this work because I was hurting as a person. I was hurting and as an individual, I was hurting. And so the books that really appealed to me at that time were books like Health at Every Size and The Fuck It Diet, which talk about very individual behaviors. They talk about very much about how me as a person, as an individual can uh, heal my own relationship with food and exercise. But as I've grown, as I've done more reading, as I've done more podcasts, as I've done more you know, um, discussions with other people, I've grown and I've realized that there's something bigger here that we're all, even by stepping into doing these individual behaviors, we are trying to fight a very large system, the system of diet culture, which puts this, this like oppression on us to say thinner is better and fat is really bad. And, uh, you know, someone in a, in a larger body than me, some, someone in a larger body than me, that's a person of color, someone in a larger body than me, that's an LGBTQ, like where they have more marginalizations than I do. Uh, they probably came to this conclusion a lot faster than I did because they were having to deal with bigger systems of oppression. Uh, but yeah. as I begin to realize that it is important that we talk about bigger issues than just my problems with food and exercise. And uh, so that's how, and, and now, now that I've, you know, we've come to this moment, the way I'm handling it going forward is that, yeah, when people ask me about my story, I'm definitely going to say that I came to it through books 
but I'm not going to be recommending health at every size anymore. I'm not going to be recommending the fuck it diet anymore. Uh, I'm going to point to other books that will help people. Yes. Help with their food and exercise, but also begin to point them to some other areas that they may not have even thought about. I yeah. Um, so like if we're trying to open up more people to this message, sometimes yeah. I feel like it becomes an issue. And I know this was always the reason why I had recommended the fuck it diet to a lot of people because it was very palatable and almost like funny. Um, like there was humor to it. It felt like a lighter read for me. And the reason that I recommended it to so many people was because if somebody is like really deep in diet culture or coming at this from a place where they already have a lot of privilege, I guess, how do we reconcile this when you like know there's a more radical message that needs to be shared or more marginalized voices that need to be heard, but maybe that person's not ready to hear it yet. And they just like shut down. And I'm sure you'll probably like tell us, you know, some other books that might be a good, more like intro level or like entry level one Oh one. Um, but I definitely know that that's something that I struggle with, um, in thinking about some people that I know, and it's almost like, okay, we need to like dip our toe in the water with this a little bit before you can even open your ears. Otherwise it's just going to go in one ear and out the other. I, I, I totally agree with you on this. And I, and I just want to stress that I think maybe part of the reason why we feel this is the way to go is because we're white. Mm, like yeah. maybe that, maybe that's a unpopular opinion or something, but I do feel that because we don't have those other intersections that some of these marginalized groups have mm -hmm. even think about it. Uh, whereas someone in a more marginalized body, uh, it would probably be way more palatable to them to be able to take a book on a book that has more discussions around intersections. So the one I think that this is it, so true, I feel like Jen, I feel like you just blew my mind there for a second because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about this through the lens of maybe like a former version of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think we do that a lot as a culture where it's just like white kind of becomes like the default, whereas somebody who is, who is a person of color, who is, um, you know, who is in a large body, who is dealing with a disability would find it more palatable to read a book by somebody who is like them. So thank you for, thank you for blowing my mind there. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, I still, I still have a lot of learning to do. I'm, I'm learning right along with. Honestly, it was shocking to me. And I've been doing this now for quite a while. And it was shocking to me when this whole thing happened to realize that the first two books I recommend to people were thin white women. And you know, what's really interesting. I was talking to, I was talking to a client after this all went down. Um, and she she was actually like, yeah, I really like, there was a lot of stuff in health at every size that pissed me off. And like, from the perspective of like being a person in a larger body who didn't feel seen, um, I was like, oh, like that didn't even like, part of me wants to go back now with this lens and like reread it again, just to see like how I take it in knowing what I know now, but also I'm like, why bother? I would rather maybe just read some of the other books that you recommend, which is, and there are so many. Um, and one yes. of the reasons, like I said, I wanted to have you on is because you did this wonderful podcast episode 
where you went through all these different books that you would recommend and like what purposes they might serve in a person's journey. And I love hearing about that because I think we all need a little bit, something different to feel seen and, and to feel understood and feel like we can relate to another person's experience. Um, and so I'd love to hear more, more about some of these books. And I'm sure we could go into like really great detail about each of them, but maybe like a quick gloss over of like what the book is and who it's for. And, and I want to say that when, when everything happened, there were two book lists that I saw that were way more expensive than mine. So if you're looking for more reading material, uh, both Vinnie Wellsby and Nicola Haggett, mm-hmm. both of them uh, put up book lists on their Instagrams that have uh, like probably maybe double, maybe triple the books I do. I, I just was limited in time with my podcast where I went, okay, what are the ones I really, really want to talk about? So that's, that's what I did. But that's, you know what, that's really good because when I listen to your podcast, some of the books that you talked about, I had, I had read and some of them I'm like, oh, these are new to me, but now I feel like this is going to give me a lot to chew on. Mm. And I, I, I think it'll be enough for, for everybody listening here, because I think one thing that's really interesting, we all come at this from a different angle. Um, and I think some people do come at it from a lens, like I did of, you know, trying to give up diet culture for myself and then realizing how all these systems of oppression are entwined and then becoming interested in that. Whereas I feel like a lot of people I know are maybe like super into other things like LGBTQ rights or anti-racism. And they're very passionate about that, but they don't see how diet culture is another flavor of the same shit sandwich. So mm-hmm. lots of different angles to, to hit this up from, um, so true. So tell us all, all about the different books, like a Absolutely. top, I don't even know, top, however many this you can talk about in favorite. 20 minutes. So uh, I will say too that, uh, and I'll give you the link to put in the show notes, but I have a Patreon post that okay. is free to the public that will allow you to download these, the books that were on my episode. Okay. Uh, so a list of all those books. So sure. um people can go and grab it if they want to. Uh, okay. The first one I want to mention is the body is not an apology. Yes. So good. We're um, doing, we're doing book club for the body is not an apology in, uh, in my online group coaching program, tough love strength club. We decided that we're going to do like an informal book club. We're going to do that book in June. I, um, and I, and I did talk about this on my episode too. I, the book that kind of was the pivot point for me where I sort of went, I'm bought in, I'm in, I'm in anti-diet, uh, you know, fat liberation. I'm in was the body is not an apology. It got me thinking that, well, it got me to realize that this is a system that, you know, all these different moving pieces are working together to create these situations where I feel like shit about myself and they want me to feel like shit about myself. Because uh-huh. uh, so many people profit and so many people um, can use it as a mechanism of control. And all of a sudden, I was just like, why did I not see this? You know, I spent so many years in diet culture doing some really stupid things. And I'm like, why? 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 Well, this at least gave me the perspective of this is bigger than me. Like, there's a yeah. this 
system is so much bigger than I am. And it's trying to get me to feel this way. And I just bought into that, which is perfectly normal. Yeah. Perfectly normal. So, so it was really pivotal, pivotal for me in my journey and it just kind of changed everything. So I think, have you read it before? I have, I have, um, we're going to, we're going to give it a revisit because it was one of those where, where a client was asking me a question and I was like, have you read this book? It was on a group coaching call. And then I was like, I was like, what about you? You, we need to do a book club. So, uh, we're, we're going to do it. It's a really good one. So good. So good. So good. Okay. Um, the other one I kind of want to mention right off the bat is not one that was on my list and not one I had even heard of. Uh, this is a recommendation from Lindley Ashline and I am mentioning it because so many people are like, you know, what do I do now? What do I recommend that talks about health at every size principles? Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, is not Lindo's book. Like, what can I do? And so Lindley mentions this one, which I haven't read yet. I obviously have the copy because I'm holding it up right now, but I haven't read it yet. And it's called Thrive at Any Weight. Okay. By Nancy Ellis Ordway. Okay. Uh, who does live in a larger body. Okay. So, and it's all about health at every size principles. So if you're looking for something else that will kind of talk about those principles, that's a good book for that. Okay. And I think that's really important too, to know like what purpose each of these books serve, because that's like, I think that's what I'm hoping to give some people too, because you can't just necessarily like, like the body is not an apology is a wonderful book. And it's also talks about different things than health at every size. So that's, and it's like, it's like apples, you know, it's, it's apples to oranges. Yeah. In that way. So that's, that's good to know. Keep these coming. In fact, like, you know, what sorts of things like they're good for, like if someone is searching for health at every size principles, yeah, yeah. you and know, read this thing. The, and the, I guess the starter book I would recommend for fat liberation. Like if you're sort of like, I have no idea what this woman is talking about when it comes to this whole fat liberation, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, go into that probably for days. So the starter book I recommend on that is called Fierce Fatty. And okay. it's by Vinnie Wellsby. Okay. I haven't and, read that one yet. Uh, it's really funny. Like if you are looking for a funny book, it's really quite a funny read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, it's just like, it just like lightly touches on all of these things to, to kind of see whether or not this is something that you want to pursue, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinny has also done a Ted talk that really kind of goes over some of those principles of, uh, of her, of their book. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of look that up if you want to kind of get a flavor for it. Um, yeah. And it was really great. It was a really moving Ted talk. So that's another one I recommend as kind of a starter book. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Oh gosh. I've got so many here and I'm kind of thinking where to go, where to go. Let's mention some that are kind of nonfiction that talk about some of these ideas about what it means to live in a larger body and even what health means in a larger body. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we don't talk about when we talk about fat by Aubrey Gordon. Yes. Can I just say something about that book real quick? Yeah. 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 I was going to ask if you'd read it. Yes. Um, And when I read it, if you are a healthcare provider, Like if you are any kind of a care provider for humans or 
if you have a fat person in your life that you love, you need to read this book. Like, I just want to drop this book in the hands of like every doctor in America. But anyway, please tell us about it. Well, right. Like, because Aubrey mixes in memoir. Uh, so little kind of anecdotes about her life. And as a infinite fat person, as a super fat person, she's had experiences that even as a small fat person, I've never had. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like she'll be walking down the supermarket. This is the one that really stuck out to me. She's walking down the supermarket, minding her own business, thinking about what she's going to make for dinner. And this woman is giving her this look and she's, she knows what this look is. This is a look of condensation for her body, condensation, you know, a judgment for what's in her cart. And I guess she walked over at one point and pulled something out of her cart. And said, I think it was a melon. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I think it was a melon. And it was like, you don't need this. You don't need the sugar and took it out of her cart and said that to her. The part that sticks out to me the most, because I, I, I've never had the experience of someone taking out something out of my cart. So that hurt my heart was sort of like, how can people be so cruel? But the part that really hurt was that Aubrey went to her friends and told her friends what had happened. And her friends said, oh, I think you misjudged the situation. I don't think you, that woman probably thought the cart was hers. Like these, this is where I think what you were just saying really comes into play is like our friends and our family can hurt us the most. And, and, make us feel like crap about ourselves the most. Uh, And that's what happens for Aubrey in these kind of memoir moments that she picks out. Like I was in tears at some of these memoir moments that she's picked out, but it is a nonfiction book. So it does go into things like statistics around childhood, a word, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it does go into statistics about planes and why planes have made their seats smaller uh, you know, uh, discussions around systems of oppression. So there's a lot in the book. It's a very worthwhile read. And a lot, if you're not familiar with who Aubrey Gordon is, I feel like a lot of people know her by her podcast maintenance phase, which is really big. Um, this is, this is the person who hosts the podcast maintenance phase, which I know is, um, a lot of people are a big fan of. So I enjoy that a lot. I enjoy that, that podcast a lot. I think it's real good. Yeah. And it's, it's really pushed some things forward that I think we need to go forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another book that really surprised me when it came onto my podcast was uh, Fatally Ever After by Stephanie Yaboa. And I want to talk about this book because it, it's this book that has this really fun cover. It's like orange and Stephanie's like on the cover dancing. And so you kind of think even when you look at the book, like you open it and you're looking at the pages, it's these thick pages with this like fun font and you're like okay this is going to be a really fun book Uh it is but the way Stephanie talks about things is that is that she'll tell you why something can be difficult if you're in a larger body like she'll Uh talk you know going to the health care system and having them not uh, want to do something for you because you're in a larger body and just mentioning your weight Uh, and then she'll talk about why like kind of the next level up where it is extremely difficult if you're in a larger body and you're in a black body. Yeah. So as a white person reading this book, it is a primer on intersectionality. It is understanding what it means to live with more than one marginalized identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got a lot of statistics in there. She talks a lot about kind of health at every size principles, really, because she's okay. talking about, you know, how, uh, what it means to be in a healthy body and, 
then she goes into some other areas that I think don't get talked about enough in these spaces, like dating while fat, which I think is just something we just don't talk enough about. Uh, mm-hmm. Hard. <laughs> Uh, you know, and so, so I think that this is, it's a really worthwhile read and it's super fun and it, it's, it's going to make you think. And, uh, it's just, um, it's, it's not where Audrey Gordon's book was. I didn't cry as much, but there was a couple of times where I teared up. So it's a good book. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. I haven't read that one yet, but I will have to get on it. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's definitely worth the read. And I've read it like four times now. And every time I read it, there's, I get something different out of it. It's, it's a definitely a worthwhile read, but like I said, it, it tricks you because you open it up and you think this is going to be light and fluffy and it's not quite so light and fluffy. Yeah. 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 Good. Uh, okay. And one, we can't go too much longer without mentioning is fearing the black body by Sabrina strings. Have yes. You read that one I have. And that one is, that one is not an easy read, but it's an important read. Ooh, that's not an easy read. Uh, it's fantastic because it takes you through from like the 1500s or 1300s very early. Let's just say that a lot of years ago, hundreds of years ago. And uh, the argument is being made as to how this connection began to happen between fatness and bad blackness and badness, like mm-hmm. how, how we created that connection. And she does this through, she's a sociologist, she's a professor of sociology and goes through uh, the argument takes you through art and literature and then magazines, which is an interesting, it's a very interesting discussion, I think. Uh, and then kind of pushes you into kind of sci- uh, medicine and how mm-hmm. medicine began to view fat bodies as bad bodies. Uh, so it's a really academic read. Like you have to be, like you said, you kind of have to be in the mood to read that one, but it's really, really, um, it, it, it will blow your mind in that it's sort of like, oh my God, I understand how we got here. Yeah. Like I understand now how there's these connections being made. I get it because yeah. Of history. yeah, definitely. That's also one, like if, um, I'm thinking of my fellow ADHD friends who have a hard time, like reading stuff that's really academic. Um, I did audiobook for that one. Highly recommend. Yeah. That's, that's actually a good idea. That's a great idea. Actually. Uh, I have done two episodes on that book. Uh, I could do so many more. There's so many people who come and say, Hey, can we do this one? And I'm always like, yeah, of course we can. Yeah. Uh, but I have done it twice. So it's on the, on the, uh, podcast twice. If people want, they kind of want, I want to see the Coles notes on it. Um, but you know, there's other things that happen when I do a podcast on a book too. So I'll link to, I'll link to your podcast in the show notes and maybe those episodes or maybe, maybe just the whole thing. And people can go down a whole book rabbit hole with your podcast. There's like an episode on every book ever. Except health at every size. Isn't that funny? Um, (laughs) That's body respect. I did, but I did not do, uh, we, we didn't do health. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. So I had to mention that one and it kind of a companion, I'm going to say companion book, even though that's kind of a weird way to put it. But if you like that kind of a book where it's very academic and it's trying to get you to understand kind of how we got to this place, uh-huh. there's a book called killer fat by Natalie Boero. Okay. Uh, 
it's really, really good. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot because when I read Sabrina Strings book, she talks about magazines and how magazines kind of perpetuated a bunch of ideas about what it means to be thin and white. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't quite get how that would move forward. Like how, how doing that in magazines is going to move forward this whole idea that like, this is how we should be. I, I guess because we live in a culture now where social media kind of took the place of a magazine. Yeah. Uh, in some ways to tell us the rules of what we're supposed to want. Yep. Um, so anyway, so this book, Natalie Boero's book, it kind of walks you through that. Uh, it's a more contemporary look uh, at what kind of has happened with regulations and media and how that has infiltrated into the world of bypass surgery and dieting. It's a, it's a great read. I, I recommend it. And, and I say companion to fearing the black body, but it's not, I just extension maybe. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good. Uh, and then there's gotta, you've got to get some memoirs in. Honestly, this is the fun part. So if (laughs) here, and Nicola Haggett, who's one of the people I rec- I told you has a book list. Nicola Haggett also was on my podcast. And one of the things that Nicola really stresses in her uh, work is the importance of story and understanding other people's perspectives. And I think that this is something that, like, if you're not an academic person or you're just kind of like reading is, is kind of tough, memoirs are the best way to go because you get so many different perspectives and it's normally structured like a story. So you get kind of a good story to go along with it. So I highly recommend memoirs. Uh, Hunger by Roxane Gay is one that gets recommended a lot. And it's an interesting read because Roxane Gay doesn't, is not, she is taking us to that gray area and making us sit there. Mm, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like if anyone knows anything about, I, I mean, I feel like everything about what I do is, is about living in the gray. So we're down, bring it. <laughs> it's so interesting to, cause you know what? I think on social media, especially if you're on social media and you're following a bunch of people who are in a space of body acceptance or even body neutrality, you get a lot of people talking about the, the great things about their body. And we need that to be a counter you know, a countermeasure to the crap we see with diet culture, but not too many people talking about the bad body image days or, or sitting with this idea that while they have brought all these concepts into their head, they haven't fully absorbed it into their heart or their belief system or their values. And Roxanne Gay talks about how she intellectually understands that she shouldn't have to live weight to lose weight, to, to be a valuable member of the world. Uh, but at the same time, when she goes to an event and she breaks a chair or she can't get up onto the stage because of her weight, or, you know, somebody says something to her about her weight, that is a really hard place to live. Like that is a very hard place to live. And so Roxanne Gay ended up having bypass surgery, right? So Mm -hmm. there is a, she has sat in that gray area and brought us in and made us sit there and feel uncomfortable. And that's why her writing is so phenomenal and out of this world. I think, I think a lot of people, I I think a lot of my clients, especially will find that, that relatable. 
you know, where like intellectually you understand it, but you're not quite ready to go there, especially if you find yourself like, you know, like you thought you were okay with it. And then suddenly you like gain weight and you're not okay with it anymore. Yep. That totally, totally. And this is, I think when I read that book, it was one of the first times I realized the way that social media, even in our spaces, even in our body liberation spaces, how we curate things um, to, to make people think that we're in better spaces, maybe than we even are because yeah. it's supposed to do, you know, um, it's, it's important to have, it's important to feel those feelings and, and sit with that and understand that and, and be able to navigate through it in whatever way navigating through it looks like for you. Uh-huh. That totally changes, you know? Yeah. hundred so, percent. Uh, Okay. Another memoir I'll mention is Unashamed, which I just read, which I thought was really great. It's Amusings of a Fat Black Muslim by Leah Vernon. Oh, okay. I haven't read that one. It's fun. It's okay. I'm saying fun. And that's not exactly what I mean. Leah Vernon is extremely open about everything in uh, her life. So Leah Vernon is a, is a model and, uh, and I expected a book. I don't know what I expected from this book, but I started reading and my eyes just got wider and wider and wider because she just is not, you know, she talks about the Muslim community. She talks about, she talks about things like having an abortion. She talks about her IBS. She talks about getting arrested. She talks about her abusive relationship. Like she bears all. And Mm. it's very interesting it's a very interesting look at at what it means to be a fat black muslim and and be in the modeling world because like i i I did two bodybuilding shows as part of my story so i uh did some pretty disordered things in order to get into a bikini and have people judge me so i cannot imagine being in a fat body and being judged and (laughs) like that is just wild to me (laughs) And, and your, your story is great. And one day I'll have to have you back and talk about more books and like share your personal story with all of this too. Maybe the, maybe we'll get the cliffs notes in your bio. Yeah. 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 I've had, well, I I mean, I think all of us have come to this space because, well, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us come to this space because of some kind of trauma. Yeah. We've disordered, eated, disordered uh, and eated our way. Oh God. I messed up. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like we've, we've pretty much, you know, we've had a lot of things happen and that's why we end up here because we recognize that, you know, I I feel like the people who are in this space were probably really good at being disordered with food and exercise. Yeah. And because of how good they were, they also began to realize the sham the whole thing was, you know? Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. Anyway, I have so many more, obviously on my episode, there was a lot more, but I yeah. going to mention one more. That's kind of fun. Okay. That, uh, I really liked. And then, and then we can move on. Uh, it's called diet land by Saray Walker. I love that book. Me too. It's such a good book. Fun. It's super fun. It's fiction. Which it's I fiction. Think, yeah. Like there's not a lot of fiction options when it comes to, there's some more in the, in the YA category now. Uh, that people pick up but this one is an adult fiction book about a woman who's about to get bypass surgery and all of a sudden she meets up with all these characters that move her more into this body liberation space and 
I think the thing that I appreciated about it all the most was the anger. Yes. We don't talk enough about being in a larger body and being angry about the fact that we're in a larger body and being told that, you know, that we have to be smaller, you know? And I mean, I think even if you're not in a larger body, you can probably appreciate the anger, I'm sure. But I I very much appreciated that book. Um, And I think that like, there's a lot of like, like even just like like feminist and really like intersectional feminist, like concepts that present themselves in that book, um, that really helped me make connections with stuff. Um, it is, that was, I, I binged that book and I think like a weekend. So good. So, and it's not preachy. I think that that we kind of, I think sometimes if we think it's going to be a non, or it's going to be a fictional book, there's going to be a character that's going to come in and wag their finger at you and tell you that you're a bad person, you know what I mean? In Mm -hmm. some shape or form. And you don't get any of that in that book. I I really, it's just a really great story. Even even if you're not like, even if this is not um, like, you've got a friend who you want to like subvertly kind of say, you know, maybe you should check this stuff out. It's a great book. Like in general, it's just a good story. It's fun. It moves places. Um, and if you are literary, like I have a, a BA in English, so mm-hmm. a lot of metaphor and it, like, there's a lot of things you could go very deep on this book. There is a whole theme around Alice in Wonderland that could be pulled out and picked apart. Yeah. 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 So I totally agree. It was fun. It's yeah, a fun. It book. was, it's, it's a great one. I, um, I remember when I first read it, um, there's, there's that part, um, I'm trying to remember the character's name now because it's been a couple of years where she like left the book for Plum. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Lita. Lita. Yes, 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 yes. And she, yes. she leaves that. <laughs> I remember I was, after I read it, I was like, I was at the doctor's office and they had these like flyers for cool sculpting. Okay. <laughs> and I got post-it notes. <laughs> And I put inside the pamphlet, read the book, diet land. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God. Uh, So good. Can I ask you one more quick question? Are you first? Are you, are you, do you have any more books you want to share or have you done? I mean, uh, the list besides all the books on your podcast. Uh, So you know, check out my podcast if you're interested in more book recommendations or just go and grab the list on, on that Patreon free, um, post. Yeah. Yeah. I think my last thing that I was going to ask you about real quick was, I think the dilemma that I've heard people talking about one in particular, I have a client who's a college nutrition professor and trying to figure out how to reconcile with the research that Lindo Bacon has done and how sharing like the, like that evidence Mm-hmm. Or like research papers is helpful for some people, um, especially those using their books in like an academic setting. Is that something that can be replaced? Like, are there other people that are doing research on this that we don't know about just because their, you know, voices maybe haven't been as elevated? See, this is a good question. And I know when I got this question from you, I thought, you know, I could probably do a bunch of research, but I'm just going to be honest and say that. I think Lindo has a great brand. I mean, I think that Lindo has done something that uh, they've marketed themselves as the voice when it comes to research. Uh, I, I, I don't know of any other researchers that are promoting themselves 
involved in this way that are talking about these issues in this way, but that doesn't mean there isn't any. Uh, mm-hmm. There are probably some. Uh, they probably just don't talk about themselves quite as much. And I, and I do think too, the other thing is that people should go to ASDA, at mm-hmm. the trademark with health at every size. Uh, they're going to have more resources around this. Yeah. And, and I do think also like intuitive eating tends to be really, really strongly connected with health at every size. If you go to their book, the intuitive eating book, they have like, I can't remember if they said there has been like 23 studies at the point of the fourth, addition coming out uh-huh. around intuitive eating and how yeah. eating is helpful. So there is research out there, um, just not as, you know, not promoted in the same way. And I like, I guess what I'm saying is I would refer people back to the primary source on this. And uh, I would say head towards ASDA because they're going to have probably the most accurate database of studies that have been done uh, on health at every size. Mm-hmm. And maybe there is something that is, uh, that would exactly prove Lindo's work, uh, without having to use Lindo. If that's what you decide you want to do, like you said, you could, you could very much use the paper, uh, because it wasn't just Lindo on that paper. Lucy Aframore was on that paper as well. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you could use it with, like you said, a very large caveat, um, that there yeah. was. <laughs> it, at the end of the day, like, I'm not, I'm not here trying to tell, my entire audience, like you need to cancel this person and this person and this person. Like, that's not what I want to do. I'm here, I guess, to share what I've learned and really to say, Hey, I'm reconsidering how I share these books and maybe there's more to it than that. And I'm ready to learn more. And, you know, if you want to come along with me, let's go. Yeah, no, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's an amazing thing, you know, because it can be hard when you jump into these spaces to know, to know, cause there's so much in them. Like, I think we think, oh, well, it's just, especially for the outside looking in, you're going, oh, it's just body positivity. You just, you know, you're just trying to be comfortable in your own skin, but it's not that. And that's, that's the issue is that there's so many more facets, you know, health at every size being one intuitive eating being another, figuring out intuitive exercise is another, uh, fat liberation and uh, liberation politics, fat activism, uh, and what does body neutrality and body acceptance even mean? Like there's yeah. so many different facets that it can be hard once you jump into it to know how to even differentiate or um, know which one is going to be the one that's going to resonate with you the most. So having someone like yourself who's willing to say, okay, well, this is going to be my journey. And if you want to follow along, that's great. It's probably very helpful for people who are like, I'm not sure where to start. Yeah. And I go from here. And I think it can be, it can be a hard space to jump into as a newbie. um, Because I think there's sometimes this like expectation of knowledge. And I know I'm even like guilty of this sometimes because I don't know when people have started following me to assume that when somebody seeks me out as a personal trainer, that they're already well-versed in health at every size and intuitive eating and, and stuff like that. And maybe they're not. And then I think there's this also an expectation of almost like the package that it comes with. Like if you're into intuitive eating, then you're also into health at every size. And then you're also, you're also into fat liberation, but then you also have to be, you know, promoting anti-racism and you also have to be, um, you know, like it's, 
Yeah. There's a lot on your shoulders. There's, There's a lot. And I think for people that are new to it, it's almost like, like what, like, what am I supposed to do? Or there's this like fear of like stepping in and doing the wrong thing because you don't know what you don't know. And I'm here to say like, I don't, I don't know all the things, um, but I'm definitely here for anybody that's listening, like for real, like shoot me an email or hit me up because I'm also here to help you process this shit in a really like, I guess a non-judgy yes. way. Like I'm not here trying to have a contest to see who could be the wokest. Like I'm just trying to do a little better every day. And it's, um, we're all going to fuck up. Like we are, yeah. it's, it, it's inevitable, especially if you, if you are, if you are, if you want to do these things, like if you actually are like, you know what, I, I recognize that we've got some problems politically and socially with how we treat fat people or we treat people of color. Mm-hmm. You are going to fuck up when you go into these spaces. It is going to happen. But I guess, and, and this is something that I very much realized when I'm, when I listen to everything that's, that's happened, you know, kind of to come full circle is that if you're being called in, if you're being asked to take a look at what you are doing, that it is very important that you don't just go, oh, ha ha ha, no. <laughs> it is important that you sit with it. At the end of the day, it, it comes back to like, we can't please everybody, right? No. Um, and at the end of the day, and to really bring this full circle and to think, like why I even chose to bring this topic to the surface or do an episode anyway is because there are people that I care about specifically clients that I serve. And I want those humans in my actual life to know that if somebody came around to them and spoke to them and tried to do to them, the kind of things that were, that were done by Lindo, I would want them to know that I would have their back and be like, yeah, that was fucked up because these are people I care about. Like, do I care about what randos on the internet think? You know, probably not. We'll see what happens when like bad reviews come through. Um, (laughs) you know what I mean? But like, yeah, you know, like we're not here to like, please. No, it's not about pleasing the masses or like fitting in with all like whatever, like the coolest, you know, anti-diet people are doing at the time, but it's about thinking about the people you actually care about in your life um, and how you're supporting them. Be those friends, family members, clients, listeners. Yes. Yes. That's yes. That's a beautiful way to sum it up. Yeah. And just being open to, I think, listening to other people's stories and pausing and processing before, before you react. Yes. Or make a choice. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. You need time. We need to, especially, especially like in this particular instance, Linda was being called out on their anti-blackness. I'm white. So I need to sit for a moment and process what actually happened and how much harm it, it caused Mikey in order to be able to even respond in an articulate matter to what Mm -hmm. is actually happening. You know, I I totally agree. It's it's very important that you sit and process instead of just reacting. Um, I I think trolls on the internet need that type of advice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, just, just a hundred percent. Yes. Because at the end of the day, 
and two, like, like in the age of like social media, where everyone expects you to make a statement about things immediately. Um, sometimes it's more important to take that time. Like that incident happened, you know, two months ago Yeah. at this point. And I'm, I'm still kind of thinking about it. And I think the other important thing too, is to be able to like read these things in private and have conversations with people in your circle, you know, in, in the same way that like, I reached out to you because I was on your podcast before and I'm like, Jen, what do we do? Um, or the way that I, you know, texted my other friends, when it all went down and like, we had a lot of conversations about it as thin white women, like, what do we do here? Yes. Yes. And I, and I think, and, uh, other people have talked about this too. And I think if you are, if you are white, then it is important to process it with other people who are white, Mm -hmm. Uh, talking to people who are black about the harm that's being caused by someone who is white on to a black person is not fair. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when, you know, the, the person with thin privilege talks about how much they hate their body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's that kind of same harm that's being done. Uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously, if you have a really good friend who is black and they open that door for the discussion, it, it's, it's a little different. But you do have to be able to hold space as opposed to because the harm that's being done is being done, especially to black women. So we need to, you know, we need to recognize that and, and have a safe space for people to talk about it. And it is really important that if you are white and you are having feelings around this whole thing, that you talk to other white people and you process and you get through. I was going to say, regardless of like, whether your friend is black or white or whatever, I think just that, even that like common courtesy is I need to process something with you. I need to vent about something. I'm struggling with something related to this. Do you have the bandwidth yeah. To, yeah. to have this conversation with me right now. It's important and to ask permission. I agree. That's, that's a beautiful way to do it. Yeah. That goes, that goes a long way. Um, because no, you know, no one person is, you know, you hear all the time, like it's not a monolith, but, um, yeah. you know, I think, I think the same is true. And even in this, like this health at every size space, like we're not a monolith. Like we're two, like you and I, even, even though we share a lot of experiences, we're two very different people, I think working towards the same goals, but we all have this like massive lived experience. So to tie it up with a nice little bow, I would say just the more we can listen to each other, um, and listen to the stories of others and these people who are writing these books. Oh yeah. Books can be a way in. They can definitely be a way in. And, and, the, what I really like to say about books is that always have a critical eye when you're reading, even if, even if you like, yes, 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 still always have a critical eye, always read and look at it and go, is that true? Or do I believe this? Or should I maybe look up at that study? Like really do um, dig deep, you know, yeah. especially if you've been in this space a while, you're kind of going, well, when I read a book, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I totally get that. Yes, yes, yes. Do you? Like it's important to have a critical eye and read with that in mind. Because it can very much like to your point, when you're reading too many, not too many, I mean, there's never too many books, but like when you're reading a lot of books, when you're reading a lot of books like this um, and you start following a lot of people like this, it's very easy to create an echo chamber where then anybody who presents any sort of different idea to that becomes bad. And, you know, I, I said this often, and I think I did this in the beginning of my, 
my journey with this, when I started, it's interesting not to go too far off on a tangent, but I read like old blog posts that I wrote and I very much can see how I was maybe parroting what, what somebody, what I thought like a good anti-diet person would say rather than like processing it through my own words or figuring out what made sense for me. And I think it's similar to that, like idea of, of a pendulum swing where you like come real hard from diet culture and then you go really hard into this. But I think it's important to, you know, have that critical eye and question everything and kind of let that settle back into a place that, that feels true for you, incorporating all of those things that you've learned from others. I love that. I love that. Um, taking that analogy of the pendulum and putting it onto this too. I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Yes. Yeah. Jen, anything else you want to add? Where can all the people find you? Tell us all the things. I guess the only other thing I would say is that obviously, uh, this is still this, this whole situation is still unfolding. And I feel like I still kind of stumble over my words when I'm talking about it. Uh, not when it comes to books, I could talk about books forever, but when it comes to like actually everything that's happening, I still just want to stress that people go back to the primary sources and really kind of take their own time with that. So I I just want to stress that because I do feel like I, I, I'm not as articulate as I want to be on some of these things and, and that's okay. Yeah. It's still processing, but it's it's a a messy topic, you know, and I'm sure like, I'll probably, we're recording this right now. I'll put it out there. I'm sure I'll probably look at it six months from now and be like, cringe. Like probably, yes, you're right. We're (laughs) recording this in, in May of, uh, of, what is it? 2022? What yeah, year is yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Oh my God. Like May of 2022. If you're listening to this in like December, 2022. Yeah. Things could have totally changed. Totally. Things could have totally changed. I stand by my book picks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I am the host of Fat Girl Book Club podcast. So you can find me on pretty much any of the listening apps. Look for Fat Girl Book Club. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Fat Girl Book Club pod. Uh, and I have a Patreon and you'll, I'll get you the link for that so that you can grab the freebie for, for that, that book list. Uh, but that is actually my Patreon. So if you want to support my work, that is where you can find me. Sweet. Thanks so much for being here, Jen. Thanks so much for having me, Jenna. All right. Have a good one. That was such a great and really important conversation, messy or not. I said this before and I'll say it again. There's a good chance that I will look back at this episode in a year or so and realize that I would have said or done some things differently. I know that I still have a lot to learn in regard to all things related to social justice. And I invite you to continue on that journey with me to check out some of these books that Jen has mentioned, to look into the authors of those books and the content they create and the services they provide and to pay them for their services and to keep learning and doing all the things. And if you want more where that came from, I am going to link to Jen's podcast, Fat Girl Book Club in the show notes. She breaks down so many more books than we could ever even begin to discuss on one podcast episode of mine. So hopefully that gives you a good start for things to begin to explore on a deeper level. 
And so if you liked that episode and my podcast in general, I invite you to please leave me a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Super quick and easy. Literally just pull up the show, click all the stars, type a little thing, and I am planning on giving away some prizes. Yes, some prizes to those who leave ratings and reviews. I will enter your names, into a drawing, I will pull it out. And the winner, I will actually send you a copy of a Health at Every Size related book of your choice. We can do one of these ones that Jen talked about on the episode today, or if there's another book that you've been dying to get your hands on, I will send it to you. I will enter you into a drawing to win a book if you leave me a five-star rating and review. So please get on that. Have a wonderful rest of your day, a great week and we will talk soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you wanna learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, itsjennaj.com, or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and wanna hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.